Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me. We're the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Here's how it works. You get in bed, or you get ready for bed, <laughs> then you get in bed. You know, turn out your lights, pull up your covers, and then just put your worries aside or whatever racing thoughts you have and listen to my voice. And I'm going to carry you off into dreamland. If this is your first time here, let me tell you why it's going to work for you. First off, I have a special skill. It's telling stories that on the surface seem interesting, but as they go on, they get more and more boring to incredible levels of boredom, where you'll just stop paying attention, you'll be distracted from what normally keeps you up at night, and you'll fall asleep. The second reason it's going to work for you is because I want it to. I've been there. Uh, I've had plenty of troubles with insomnia and from being a little kid to an adult. And me and my brother, at some point, when we shared a room, we used to not be able to sleep. We'd share stories. We'd take turns telling each other boring stories to see who would get the other person to fall asleep. And in that sense, the winner would lose because the winner would have gotten the other person to sleep and they'd be stuck trying to fall asleep. But what can I say? At some point, I honed the skill and I'm here in all honesty, to offer it to people that have suffered like me from insomnia or sleepless nights or excessive thinking, whatever keeps you awake. If you have something to say, you want to give us some feedback, your thoughts, something you like or something you don't like, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you also, if you use Twitter and you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, if you want to tweet me, <laughs> I'm feeling silly, I don't know why, uh... If you want to tweet me, it's at Dearest Scooter on Twitter. Come and say hi. You can find us on Facebook, Sleep With Me Podcast, I think, on Facebook. If you become a fan or like us or whatever you do on Facebook, that's where I put the bloopers from this show and other shows. So if you want a little bit of behind the scenes and listen to me screwing up, well, by all means, check us out on Facebook. Uh, one note is that the season Walking Dead's coming up, and I don't know how many of you are hardcore listeners that have listened to every single episode but when we first started out this podcast we had a one of the segments or shows i had an idea for was the walking dud which is the boring parts of the walking dead episode from the week before that i used to analyze or whatever i don't don't know if you listened you know what i'm talking about if you haven't you don't if you want to check it out go ahead but please if you've listened and you like it please let me know, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or on Twitter. And I've never gotten an email in my feedback address, so I'm not even sure if it works. I think I've sent some test emails. But if you're a diehard, boring, Walking Dead fan, or you want more boring Walking Dead content, let me know because the season's coming up, and I have a full-time job, so I'm trying to get these three shows I do every week out. But if if I get any response at all, I will try to figure out a way to continue on with The Walking Dead. But if there's no one interested in it, I I do enjoy it, but I want to give the three tales we're working on right now the uh, most attention I can. I want to give you guys quality, boring stuff. (laughs) I want my boring stuff to be. uh, I know this sounds crazy, and I'm a crazy person. That's why I'm doing this podcast. So at least I'm smiling. I hope you are um, smiling. And I'm supposed to be trying to get you sleeping again. I'm trying to get these brisk uh, opening segments going and terribly failing. Uh, But whatever, I don't care.
I mean, I do, if you care. That will be another reason to send me an email at feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com to see if it works. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope I can help you fall asleep tonight. I'm happy to present another episode of Get Bessos, the tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Penny's escape from Purgatory in pursuit of Jif Bezos, uh, internet entrepreneur and retailer that has kind of crushed their fortunes and for some reason they were up there in Purgatory and they want to exact vengeance on him. Again, this is purely a work of fiction. Not, not, not meant to represent anyone but historical figures from the past that are no longer living, but no living figures of the historical present. If you've never listened before and you want to catch up, just go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash getbesos, and that's G-E-T-B-S-O-S, not with any other spelling that could get me in any kind of confusion because, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to suggest anything. This is just a story to help you fall asleep. And when we last left off, we had a, a jiffy of an episode where the guys were at the Mall of America trying to prop up a business that Hans Zimmer Gorbelli, who's the guy that got them out of purgatory, well, he had a, if you listened, you already know, he had a business at the Mall of America. He needed the business to get booming. Not make money, but just have high foot traffic because he was using it to launder money. And it just happened that the Kardashians were opening a Dash boutique next door, which is never good for business. Or is it? And the guys figured out a way to make it good for business. And that was way too long of an explanation, but hey, maybe you're already asleep and I haven't even started. So that's where we last left them off. We'll catch up with the guys this week. They're about 150 miles outside of Thunder Bay, Canada. It's Paul Schaefer's hometown. I believe it's in the province of Ontario, but I'm not positive about that. And they're in a unique spot, which is pretty cool. It's not on any maps anywhere, but... You know, because I'm partial to this secret stuff that's going on. They're at a, it's a, a relic of, a, of the Cold War. It was a former CIA training ground, and it was made to look like a Russian or Soviet version of a Western town where the Soviets would train KGB to pretend they were Westerners, like in a Western, somehow... And the CIA was training, like a like a double training. Like the CIA were training to deal with fake Westerners that were actual KGB agents. Don't ask me. I mean, don't ask me. This is a Cold War. None of it makes sense. But yeah, there was some place in Russia where they were training KGB agents, and it was a fake Western town. And in Canada, because no, I mean, it would be crazy to do it in the U.S. Somewhere in the middle of Canada, where it's cold, they set up a Western town where CIA agents would train to deal with the KGB agents pretending to be. But but that's not besides the point, because now it's a research station set up by some private rich guy some doing some sort of biochemical scientific research and also oil and mining, you know, is the cover. So various stuff, and it's fully operational. Like they have the saloon and the hotel or motel, what do they call them there? Hotel, I guess? You know, post office, you know, houses, stores, whatever. You know, you know, you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Fake Western town. Very cliche. 
Hans Zimmer sent James Cash and Richard Warren there on their mission, and they checked into the hotel. And now they're in their hotel room unpacking. R.W. opens the briefcase that was hidden under their bed with the dossier, and that's where we'll pick up. Hey, Richie, Richie, what's in, so what's in the briefcase? Hmm. Uh, uh, the dos dossier? Oh, can I, can I, is there, is there anything else in there? Because it looks like there's a box in there. Yeah, there's a box in here. It's, it's got my na name on it. says R.W. for R.W. And first place of the doc dossier here, it says, this box is for R.W., not for James Cash. James, if you're reading this without R.W., do not open. So I'm going to open it when you're uh, in the bathroom or something. Nick poop. Well, well, Richie, what's our mission? What's our mission? Okay, okay. Well, pipe down, pipe down. Okay, we're supposed to go to the restaurant, the saloon. This is some sort of research. We're supposed to look for any, anybody that's acting strange. And he doesn't know who we're here for, but we're here for somebody. It could be a man, could be a woman. And we're supposed to catch him. And once we get to town, we're the strangers coming to town. So they know we're coming. Our cover story is to act strange. If people ask us why we're here, just, you know, make something up that sounds made up. Oh, Richie, that's my specialty, buddy. What if there's any uh, ladies? Uh, okay, okay, okay. So that's about it. We got to look for someone strange. Yeah. Can you, uh, I'm going to open my gift. Well, Richie, how, how do you know it's a gift? Well, from my performances thus far. I'm sure that Mr. Gorbelli has been observing us somehow and uh, he wants to repay me in some way. Or maybe it's a special tool because I'm the leader of this... Oh, who, who dealt with the Kardashians, huh? Oh, don't bring out the Kardashians, please. I'm having trouble... I'm do, do they have a DVD player? No, this is like some old-fashioned joint. Okay, well let's uh, let's hit that saloon, buddy. Uh, I saw it was looking cool in there. Well, you you go ahead, you go ahead, and I'll uh, catch up. I'm gonna open my uh, my gift. James Cash goes down to the saloon, sits down, orders himself a, a whiskey and a beer. He's observing things, and it's mostly scientists types and some oil leather neckers I think they're called maybe leather necks you know some oil types so kind of a couple clicks like a science click a physics click a computer click leather neck click management click they're all around the saloon everybody's drinking he comes in and everything stops not to mention he's in like his 19 you know hundreds ish Somewhere between 1900 and 1950s garb, you know, wool tweed type outfit, pocket watch. Like I've said before, I, I'm no fashion maven. But he goes in there, you know, and he he's James Cash. I mean, he's Cash. He's strutting. So the ladies are catching. He's catching the ladies' eye. He's, he's, he's in his own. He just sits down, kicks back. Finally, uh... This guy comes up to his table. Tall guy, about 6'4". Kind of cool. Cool customer. That's all I can say. He's got short hair, short military style haircut, whatever. It's not important, the guy. 
comes up to James Q. He's got an accent from somewhere. Bah! Might I sit down and join you, say? Well, as a matter of fact, you may not, sir. Well, that's quite rude for you. You wouldn't let me sit down, would you? And join you? You're new in town, eh? Uh, yeah. No, no, duh. I'm waiting for my buddy. He's opening a present. He's coming here, okay? I'm trying to... Your your hands are on his seat. I don't want you sweating on his seat. He wears... His, his expensive clothes. Well, I'm just trying to see, uh... You can, you, buddy, you're certainly acting strange. Are you acting strange? Well, no, sir. I'm not a strange at all. I'm just being friendly. Like a friendly guy. Right. Right. So, uh, there's nothing strange about me here. I'll just be going on. Forget I even was friendly to you. You know, bye. Uh, and James was like, wow, that was awkward. It was almost like that guy was making up stuff, <laughs> trying to come up with stuff on the fly of what he was talking to me about. And that was strange, but... Actually, you know, R.W. rolls into the room with, like, a cold breeze. And uh, he's muttering to himself. He's kind of hunched over. He's got something under his arm. What are you doing? What are you doing? What is it? He said, ah, James, James. Why didn't you sit over there? This is a draft right here. What is it? What is it? What is it? Richie, have a seat, buddy. Got a lot of strange people in here. What is it? What is it? And R.W. puts this beautiful in-lane box down on the table. All wood different inlays, you know, of other woods in different patterns that are beautiful, you know, whatever that means. See, it's polished, it's rubbed, it's oiled, what it, you know, it's beautiful box, beautiful wooden box. has no, it's almost just like a wood, piece of wood, though, because there's no hinges, no apparent opening, but it's beautiful. Puts it down on the table. Takes a look around, calls to the serving waitress. You, a whiskey, a hot water with a lemon. She said, she looks at him. She said, "Oh, okay, right away." You know, you're expected to do something. She didn't do anything strange. That's strange. JC's, uh, Richie, what do you got there? What's with the uh, beautiful? Inlaying wood box. See, that was my gift from uh, Mr. Gorbelly. Mr. Hans Zimmer Gorbelly left me this box. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. The, what's it for? Yeah, it's none of your business. In fact, I don't know if you should be looking at this box. I might just put it, put it, put it away. I don't want to leave it in the room. I don't trust, just trust anybody around that box. Well, uh, do, do you know what's in there? I said I don't want to talk about my box. Anyway, let's take a look. So you talked to anybody? Yeah, this one guy came over. He had a strange accent, and he was acting strange. Everyone else is just staring at us and listening into our conversation right now. So I don't know if that... Hi, folks. Yep, we're new in town. We'll be here. We're just... Uh, we're inspectors, and we're going to be doing some inspections. So everybody just, you know, go about your business normally. You don't need to stare at us. Go back to your drinks, and... Stop staring. Even though I'm addressing you, you can stop staring. Richie, Richie. All right, all right, all right. Break it up, you. Uh, uh, we're going to. Don't, don't make me come up with any demerits for you people. We need to write a report on this. 
and have it back to the home office on all of you. So if you don't, you next person makes eye contact with either one of us is going in my box. Got it. See me, sir, sir. How you open the box, eh? James, stop with the fake accent. I that was, I know that was you. Oh, sorry, Richard. I thought I'd trick you, buddy. All right, just go back, people. All right, just see that guy in the top hat, right? James, James, that guy in the top hat. He's got a mustache. It's curly, cute. He's got a top hat. I can't trust him. He's no good. You know what they say? You know Canada? Those are the kind of people the Mounties chase down for time people, the railroad tracks and stuff. Oh, keep, I'm, I've got eyes on him. What about you? Well, there's quite a few, quite a few ladies here. Uh, I'd like to uh, interview, but I, I, honestly, I'm distracted by this box. Why do you think Gorbella gave you a box and not me? I mean, is it? Can I lift it up just to see how heavy it is? You think something's in there, or is the box do? James, this is why I have the box. Because, see, you're, you're distracted. You see, those people are just late. Go, go, uh, don't worry, I'll note it in my report. Okay. Uh, uh, yo, what? Excuse me? He said we're going to dinner because it's a dinner at 7 o'clock. So everyone go to dinner at 7 o'clock. That's what time in the restaurant says at dinner. So it's not strange we're being perfectly normal. His dinner at Okay, okay, move along. You don't, I know what the schedule, you know, that's straight. Let's go to my report. All right, James, let's just go to dinner. You, you got, Richie, can I carry your box for you? All right, all right. So the guys go over, the guys go over to dinner. Just, you know, there's about 35 people in this town, as I said. They're all mixed. Very diverse group age-wise. Much more diverse than the game of Clue, if you've ever played that, which is a very white game, over 50. There might have been some people under 50, maybe over 30, but a lot more diverse than Crew. But, uh, Clue, they get to dinner, and you have to share a table. Uh, it's a six to a table, and they happen to have the table with the guy at the top hat, two ladies wearing flapper dresses, a guy that's so drunk, and a really drunk guy that is dressed who looks like a, a minor, a minor, minor 49er from the mining days. So they're, so they're eating dinner. All right, all right. So this here is my friend James Cash, and I am Richard Warren. I'm pleased to meet you folks. You with the top hat. What's your name? Borgard for. Tunians, uh, yeah, what, what kind of accents, uh, hey, um, Thunder Bay, Ontario accents, uh, uh, really, really, can Paul, you know, said in my dossier to say that doesn't sound anything like Paul Schaefer, that's going to my report, uh, Paul Schaefer, that, Rich, Rich, no, you know, Paul Schaefer is, oh, yeah, James, I think, you know, yeah, he was, I think he was alive when I was alive at some point, but, uh, you ladies, you, uh, what do you call those outfits? Why, this is Flapper Dress. My name's Matilda, Matilda Jenkins, and I'm a flapper tonight. 
And this is my friend. Yes, hello, I'm Louise. And I'm Flapper too. So we're flappers, and yeah, what do you? You guys are dressed up great. You, you, you're strangers in town, so you're writing some reports, huh? Great. So yeah, we're flappers, flapping away. Scooby. And hey, buddy, what's your name? Boo-hoo. My name Boo-hoo. I'm gonna put my bows in this soup. The bows in soup. Boo-hoo. What in the heck was that? All right, all right. You pipe it down with the beard there. Okay. So, uh, from my report, I need to know, uh, what, uh, Top Hat, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Well, as, uh, head Beauregard, I'm, I do relations with the city of Thunder Bay. And I make sure that any, uh, we follow all area regulations. And we follow environmental regulations. And I'm the liaison, you could say, to... Thunder Bay, Ontario, and Canada as a whole, and the United States, and the CIA, KGP. What did you, what was it? Did you just say something about the BGK? What was that CIA, KGB? Is that, it was so kind of, what was it? Hey, James, James, I don't Oh, you nigga poop, don't ask me about my box for these people. Excuse me, folks. I noticed you know, noticed my box, which James is aware of as well. This is my box, and I don't want any of you to worry about my box. All right. So I'm just going to get up. I'm going to go to the restroom. My box is going to stay here. James is not going to touch my box, and I'm going to be gone. So R.W. Get, so gets up because of the bathroom. About halfway through the bathroom, thunder hits. Lights go out. Lights come back on. The box is gone. He turns around, and he says, Exactly what I wanted to happen. Exactly. He says, Clear out the room. Except for you four at my table. There's supposed to be some have six, but it's only five, four, five, six. Oh, I guess it is six. You five. Do not leave. James, you're one of the people who's not leaving. So clear everybody out. I am going to conduct a interview of each of you. Because now my box is missing. Just as I knew it would happen if I turned out the lights, or the lights went out on their own, whatever it could be. And I've got you people just where I want you. And you, with the top hat, you're at the top of my list. You two flappers. Okay, well, one second, let me just check one thing. James, come here. Hey, Richie, Richie, what's up? Please tell me you didn't take the box. Please. 
tell me when the lights went out you didn't take the box. No, why would I take the box, Richie? I don't want to take the box. I didn't touch the box. I don't want to say, please tell me you didn't take the box. You're going to make me look like a fool. I thought this guy's probably has it in his top hat. Or that niner, minor guy's got it in his beard. Please tell me. Wait a second, you're sitting too. You're not sitting on my box. Okay, Richie, I'm sitting on your box. I'm sorry. Here. Okay, anyway. Well... I already kicked everybody out of dinner except for you people, so you might as well finish your dinners. And, you know, what do you guys think I should do? My friend here, he just takes my box, tries to steal it. He's asking me a question. It's my box, you're right, right? Top hat, what do you say? Well, it's Lisa, here in Canada, and in Thunder Bay especially, we have the spirit, the, the saying we say in Thunder Bay is the spirit of man is only a spirited is what he gives to another man. And that is what the spirit endeavors. Yeah, that sounds made up to me. It's like a load of garbage. What? what, what that's nonsense. Well, sir, that's the nonsense we believe in Thunder Bay. I'm sorry. That is not pleasing to you. Okay, anyway, so you... I don't even understand. Anyway, next you, Flapper One. What do you have to say? I think James... Cash Penny's just so dreamy, so I'm just dreaming of a foobadoo ba ba ba, scoobadoo boo chick chick yeah. What about you, lady? Uh, I, I'm, I, honestly, I just do accounting here, and I hate dressing up for dinner every night, and I hate Canada, no offense, Thunder Bay, and uh, I just wish I could go home. So, what? what it, could you put me in a report that I'm unstable? And then, if I had your box, I'd beat myself with it. Okay. All right. All right. That'll be in my report. That doesn't. You. Drunk guy. With the beard and the. Uh, what do you got on? Overalls and. Uh, was that some sort of red unitard? What do you got to say? We have my own fiddle, and I'm going to fiddle and do. We hey, I tell you, I'm my drug miner. And what I'd do with that box, I wouldn't share it, none. I would take it up to the mountains to my claim and use it for sticks to clean my teeth and some kindling and twiddle sticks. I'd play some twiddle sticks. And that's about it, cause I'm going for gold, pick a damn bam. Okay, I hate this place. James, what do you think of this? Who's your, choose your suspect. It's one of these, these four nincompoops. Who do you think it is? Well, I'm afraid you're wrong, Richie. That it's none of them and that they're all innocent. Okay, well, pick, pick one that you say is this, and we'll send it on the way. Yeah, send the depressed lady out. All right, you, lady, go back to your accounting work. You're not going anywhere. Oh, great. Goodbye. Okay, now we got three of these clowns. Obviously, Top Hat, you're not going anywhere. I don't buy your Thunder Bay garbage. I don't buy your flapping around. This guy's drunk, but I don't trust him. Stand up and... Stand around and let me see if your uh, unitard's got the thing where you can go to the bathroom. Then I'm... 
Oh, good God, that is gross. Okay, you can go because that's clear you've used that back door thing to use it. Oh, yeah. What is that for, Richie? So if he's up in the mining and he doesn't, so he doesn't get cold, he can still go to the bathroom without taking his clothes off. He just opens that flap back there. That's what all that stuff is. Uh, yeah, disgusting. All right, so we got you two. Which, so what do you think, James? Flapper or top hat? Uh, neither. I'm going to take the flapper back to my room and I'll interview her. Ooh, I'm going to scoop it up, And you want you, uh, we're uh, sharing a room. Oh, really? Well, me and flapper are going to go up to the room. We're going to hang out. We're going to do some, uh, what do you call it? 23 skidoo or whatever. Transylvania 65,000 stuff. And, or you could give me your box and me and you could go up and put whatever's in your box. And, or you could just stay here with the top hat guy. Okay. You're going to stay here with the top hat guy then? You're going to stay here with him in your box? All right, top hat. You're going to say, go on, go on, leave me all alone. So RW's there alone with the top hat guy. All right, top hat. I don't like the looks of you. I don't like your Thunder Bay garbage. I think I've said that many times before. I don't like your Paul Schaefer, whatever. So I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna tell you what I really think. Oh, why don't you? And all of a sudden, boom! Another clap of thunder. Lights go out. Another clap of th- lights go out. It's pitch dark. Pitch dark. Another clap of thunder. Lights go back on. And sitting in front of R.W. Where his box was, his beautiful inlaid box, is one of those round bombs that villain, old-timey villains have with the um, fuse coming out. And the fuse is lit. What's that? What the? You are a villain. And the uh, villain with his twirly mustache and his top hat raises his top hat. He's got... R.W.'s box, and then he goes, zoinks! He runs out of the front door of the restaurant. And James is... Richard's right by... Ah, ah, and he runs out. And uh, run, dives out the front of the door because he's waiting for the thing to blow up. And it just goes... Psh, like a sound like that. Nothing exploding. Psh, and like... Uh, explodes with uh, confetti. The kind of confetti that's sparkly that looks like an explosion. And he dives, R.W. dived into the dirt street head first. And he looks up, and the villain's standing there laughing with his box on his head. And the whole town's around them. And oh, yeah, yeah, you have a, a fine joke at my expense. And then he realizes they have pitchforks and torches. And they're like, that's him. He's the leader. He's the one with the box. That must be where he keeps the reports. He's going to write us all reports. He's going to cut out our shares of the, our discovery of the gold, the gold, the black gold. That's the miner doing that. Black gold. We got black gold. The agency wants to cut our shares. They want a corporate's going to cut our shares. So they start, like, throwing stuff at him. And they're a mad mob, you know. With the, They're going to burn him or pitchfork him or whatever. So he's running down the street. He's yelling up to James, James, and uh, at some point he stops. He runs back. He knees the uh, the 
the mustache guy and the nuts, grabs his box and then runs again. No one had time to react because who would have expected that? And he's running down the street, the western street, you know. It's not very long until you're at the edge of town and the, the people are running after him. And then, boom, at the other end of town, there's another group of people. It's like children of the corn now. They're circling out. They're coming at him from, James, get down here. Meanwhile, James upstairs, and he's knee-deep in flapper. That's all I'm going to say. I don't even know what knee-deep means. Uh, knee-deep in flapper. That sounds like a slaughterhouse term. Like I had a terrible day at work, honey. I was knee-deep in flapper. And, uh, yeah, I got E. coli in my kneecaps. I don't Sorry. But so... So, so James, but he's like, here's R.W., his best friend in the world and in the afterlife. And he climbs off a flapper. And he just looks at her in the eyes. He goes, are you the evil one? She goes, quite, I'm quite evil. I'm quite evil. Yes. Like, he goes, pop, pop. Does two fakes like he's going to hit her. And then, uh, I don't know what he does. He uh, does two fakes he's going to hit her. Grabs her. Throws her in an armoire, locks the armoire, and then books off. He jumps off, you know, swings on some rope, very heroic, like Earl Flynn style. He sees R.W. go down an alley. He's surrounded on both sides of the alley. And James lands on the roof across the street, like swings across the street on some sign that says, you know, 1950s night tonight at the cafe and saloon tonight. So he swings across. He lands on the roof across the street, which the physics of that, the, uh, you know, one side of the buildings are four stories or something. You know, that's how the physics of that worked, that he was able to swing across the street for you physicists. And so he lands on the roof, and he sees R.W. He pursues, and he throws down the rope. And Trope City, he goes, throw me the box. And he says, uh, you know, he goes, you already threw me the rope. So it's not trope, kind of, I guess. But he's like, climb the rope. Hold on to the rope. He's like, throw me the box. Hold on to the rope. That's just James saying that. And R.W. is kind of like, uh, uh. Throw, me the, throw me the box and I'll pull you up. Don't worry. So, or you could just give it to the mad mob. They're about to get you. And so he throws the box up. James catches it. And then he starts looking at it. And it's like. He's like, huh? And they pulls the rope up. He goes, hey, there are a bunch of scientists and stuff. I already got the evil lady. No one's going to hurt you. And so they get to, the mob gets to it, and R.W. is like looking. I mean, J.C.'s like looking at the box trying to figure out. He's like, hey, do you, you know how to open it? Of course I know you, Nick Kaboop. Well, how do you open it? Throw me the rope. I'll show you. The crowd's about to get me. They're going to they said something about I'm going to mess up their shares. I don't know. Get me. Pull me. So then he pulls them up. <clears throat> and he takes the box and he smashes it over his buddy's head. And inside the box is a picture of the flapper. And he says, you know, fallouts fails. This is who you need to catch. Hope hope you hope the box didn't get in the way of you too, or something. I don't know. Some life lesson in there that I'm not smart enough to come up with on the fly. Or the box is a metaphor for their friendship. I don't know. But the thing is, they got the lady in the armoire. On the, also on the note is a flat, uh, 
other than that they're supposed to catch this one flapper, is that the uh, chopper's going to be there later to pick him up. So that's that's it. That was a little bit wacky of a episode. I mean, who knew that the CIA and the KGB were plotting to use Western towns against us? Who knew that a multinational corporation would then reuse it? Who knew that they'd have 1950s night in a, in a Western town? You know, go figure. But if you're there, let's say you're there three, four years, Western night's going to get pretty boring, you know? So 50s night, is that? it's probably not even the 50s night, actually, because it's like 20s, the flappers. So, yeah. Or maybe it was just one of those parties. I don't know. You know, hopefully you're asleep and you're not asking these questions because they're meaningless questions anyway that don't need answering. But that flapper, she's in the armoire, and she's dreaming of the glory days of flappers, which in my humble opinion is not the most attractive look. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's the hairstyle or the androgyny of the shape of the dress. And I'm probably misusing androgyny. Or maybe I was scarred. Something happened to me when I was watching a a period movie since I can't even nail the decade down. I'm assuming it's the 20s, but the Roaring 30s? How come it's like the Roaring 30s or the Roaring 20s? What are the 40s? Warriors? Um, 50s? Happy Days? 60s hippies, 70s disco, 80s radical, or whatever, dayglow, 90s, 90s don't got it yet, but whatever, what I'm saying is, go to sleep, okay, go to sleep, relax, this flapper, she's in a armoire, she's sleeping, she's, yeah, she's dreaming, She's dreaming of what her flapper hair would do if it flapped away. Because she's having a dream. Her flapper hair is now a bird. He says, hey, hey, guess what? You're in trouble. What were you evil that you did since I'm your hair? I'm just wondering why they have you locked in an armoire. What's your secret? She says, oh, I work for the KGB and the CIA. And I'm a spy for the rival corporation to this corporation. I'm a triple spy. And I'm also a cult member. And I'm trying to start my own cult here. And Paul Schaefer's going to be the god. So I don't know which reason they're taking me out for, but could be any of those. So yeah. Why are you flying with your hair? Well, I'm just wondering how evil you are since I'm your hair and I'm in the flapper haircut and now I feel like a bird. Like, would you hurt me? Well, that's a trick question, hair, because I cut you all the time, but you're not alive. Just because I'm alive doesn't mean I have feelings. Well, now you're being unreasonable. Don't call me unreasonable. I'm, ha- I'm your hair, okay? I have to put up with a lot of stuff. You dry me out. You wash me. You put stuff in me. You cut me color me? You know, who, who said that I wanted to be, what if I wanted to be a 50s night? What if I wanted to have my hair like Marion Cunningham? Huh? You didn't ask me that. Okay, but this really isn't the best time I'm sleeping and locked in an armoire, and I have a feeling we'd be arrested, but not by a police department, but by some shady 
guy, two guys that were weird, one of which I just slept with. So, you know, I'm stressing up. I don't need my hair yelling at me. Well, maybe I need to yell at you, okay? Because maybe this is you got yourself into this, but I'm stuck on your head and you got me into it. So, this is a predicament I didn't create. You created it. Whoa, hair, man. You're getting too deep on me, okay? You're going to make me cry. So, you're supposed to be helping. What if we can't we work as a team? Well, those days were over, honey, okay? You know, maybe you should have thought about that when you had me. Before you said, I don't give a shit about split ends. Remember when you said that? How do you think I've made me feel? Well, I'm really sorry about that. I don't know if this is the best time for us to be arguing again. Is there anything I can do to placate you? Like, what would you want most in the world? What I want most in the world is to be on someone else's head. Okay. That, that, there's a go. We can make a deal. Okay? If you help me in this situation, I'll grow you out. I'll cut you off. And they'll send you some nice girl who needs hair. Like someone that has like one of those hair projects for people, kids or adults that have cancer or some other disease that affects their hair. And maybe it's like an adoption, like a nice family with a nice head. An empty head will come and adopt you. Wow, really? You do that for me? Yeah, okay. Well, what can I do to help you get out of here? Well, considering I'm asleep, and you're not real, maybe just soothe me, okay? Okay? So, okay, I'm going to flap here. I'm going to rub your cheeks. I'm your hair, but you're safe here. Don't worry. Your hair, your flapper hair is here to keep you safe. So go to sleep. Let's count the frills on your dress. 